Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes takes the, to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video and audio interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. As I mentioned last week, ah, the new website is up. I hope you're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. You can now, this is kind of pathetic that you couldn't do this before, but you can now actually comment on the website on any article or interview you watch or read. It's very easy. Check it out. Check it out, the interview with uh, Jay Anderson Coates, the young adult author, wrote R is for Rebel, among other books. Great conversation with her. That's up there. Check it out. Authormagazine.org, and we're funded by the wonderful Pacific Northwest Writers Association. These people have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. They know what they're doing. Hold one of the biggest and best writers' conferences you will find in the country every year. It's been moved to September now. That's okay. It's still awesome. Just happening at a different time, same place. You can learn about that. at. I'll be teaching there. Yes, I will. I'll be teaching there. A few classes, so check it out at uh, pnwa.org, pnwa.org. Uh, you know, I say at the beginning of this, every show, what it takes to write the book you want to write is what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. I do believe that to be the case. That's because life is a creative act. It is. Everything you do, it creates something. Every choice you make, just listening to this show, you create something. Your world is different. You can't help but to be creative if you're a person. The question is, are you going to create on purpose or sort of accidentally or habitually? See, the thing about being an author is you face a blank page, so you have to create on purpose. You don't have a choice. The page is blank. Nothing's going to happen until you make a choice. And writing is all about learning the consequences of the choices you make. As you fill up that page, create the reality you want to create. And so, as we learn to write a book on purpose, so too we can learn to live our life on purpose. It's all connected, but it's scary facing that blank page, making those choices. And that's why I wrote Fearless Writing, and that's why I teach Fearless Writing. And I'm going to be teaching one, another workshop, in Seattle on May 5th, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, the afternoon of, so before you begin your revelry, you can come over to the Good Shepherd Center in the Wallingford District of Seattle, where I'm going to be teaching a workshop from 1230 to 3.30. If you're interested in it, swing over to my website, williamkanauer.com, right there on the home page. There's a link to that. You can also go to upcoming events. That's where I've got that listed as well. Check it out. You can learn about it. If you have any questions, you can email me through my website. I'd love to see you there. Fearless Writing, May 5th. Mark it down on your calendar. Speaking of Fearless Writing, I taught a workshop in Fearless Writing recently because of today's guest, the wonderful, the generous, the talented Kay Kenyon. She of Wenatchee, Washington. I had the pleasure of spending some time with her and her wonderful husband. Uh, if you've never read or met Kay, well, you're you're in for a treat today. Kay is the author of over a dozen science fiction and fantasy novels. Her science fiction books include, uh, include, mind you, The Entire and the Rose Quartet, Maximum Ice, and The Seeds of Time. And her fantasy novels are At the Table of Wolves, which is book one of the dark talent novels, A Thousand Perfect Things, and Queen of the Deep. Her novels have been nominated for the Philip K. Dick Award, the Endeavor Award, the John W. Campbell Award, and have been twice nominated 
for the American Library Association Reading List Awards. Now, actually, there's one book that's not listed. I just or I did not list, and that is book two of the Dark Talent series, Serpent in the Heather, which is published today. And we're lucky enough to have Kay with us. Kay, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bill. I'm thrilled to be here uh, with my favorite interviewer. Oh, aren't you nice? Thank you, Kay. No, well, I'm telling the truth. <laughs> you're all, well, thank you. I, you know, I like doing these things. I like, you don't hear a funny story about that? I've been list, recently, I've been, in fact, mm-hmm. while driving back from your lovely retreat, I was listening to uh, a podcast by Mark Marin, Mark Marin's podcast. And I never listened to podcasts, but I started listening to his, and I'm like, hey, this is kind of fun. I get why people might actually like my podcast. <laughs> Isn't that pathetic? I, didn't, I never listened to him until I listened to his, and then I figured out why people might want to listen to one. It was You know, that's very me. common. That I sense? know a lot of uh, writers that don't read their own work once they're published. You know, they just – they never oh, even crack you? to read it. You know, it's like, no, I – no, I – no. I just don't. It's like I. It's like an old lover. You know why? I'm yeah. on to the next thing. Yeah, it's true. Boy, I had an epiphany about that recently, and I realized I was unhappy if I wasn't, if my attention wasn't on the next thing I was going to create or was interested in creating. If I let my attention go backwards a little bit, I became all miserable and depressed, and I didn't realize how often I would let myself do that. You know, hmm. that you got to keep your eyes kind of forward all the time. Does that make sense? Well, it, well, you know, it, it, it's really over when it's over. And, it uh, is. And there's only so, much, only so much basking that you can do, although <laughs> I think it's very <laughs> helpful to celebrate and feel really proud. But that lasts for about 30 seconds, and then, and then you know, you do look ahead of yourself. Yeah, I think it's normal to uh, look back and, and feel some accomplishment. Uh, sometimes I kind of retell my stories to myself when I'm going to sleep at night. Huh? I don't know why do? I do that. That's just, yeah, it's does it help you relax? Oh, your own stories. I've just, yeah, my own stories. I just kind of sink into them. I know exactly what happened. I'm kind of enjoying being oh. with those characters again. But in my waking hours, never look back. No. No. Well, actually, <laughs> although, although, if ever you're going to look back a little bit, today might be is the kind of day where you might, because as I mentioned in my right. intro, today is the publication right. date for Serpent in the Heather, book two of your fascinating Dark Talent series. Uh, you got it. I mean, you, I saw a pic. I, I was, we were talking beforehand. I think, I don't know what social media I was on. I think it was Facebook. And there you are with your, what's your cat's name? He's hilarious. Winston. Winston. He looked just like Winston Churchill sitting on the couch, splayed <laughs> leg, and you had a glass of wine. You were. This was a celebratory moment. It must have been. It's out. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good. And and you know today is you know it's a little different, right? Right. Yeah. And that well, only comes around about do? once every twelve months or eighteen months. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, knock on wood. And so, I mean. So besides talking to me, what do you normally do on a on a publication day? Is there do you, do you have a, a do you do like the book party type like go to a bookstore and do a little thing or do you not bother with that anymore? Well, I'm finding it hard to do book parties because I publish, you know, maybe a lot. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't. Yeah, it's kind of kind of tough. I mean, I think once you when you publish your first book, that that's party time. But yeah. for me on pub day, I've worked really hard 
the week before getting everything ready to go. So I wake up in the morning on pub day, and then I've, I've got my, my tweets ready on TweetDeck, and they're already pre-scheduled. And I'm, oh. I'm, I'm combing for notifications on TweetBook, on Twitter and Facebook, and, and I'm, uh, you know, oh. also oh, have just done a bunch of interviews. And so I'm right. linking, and then I put out a newsletter that All was ready right. to go. And then I'm kind of watching for reactions. I'm watching for reviews. I'm retweeting yeah. them. And, and it's obnoxious. It's, look at me, look at me, look at me. Well, but you kind of, you know, <laughs> you have to. You know what? I feel like I one of the novelist's jobs when they're publicizing themselves is to let people know the damn thing exists. You've got to say, look, it's here. If you want to read it, you can but you've got to let people know it exists. You know, you've got to help right, let people right. know it exists. You have and to. And one of the things that people do that that is uh, probably a little misguided is they 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 um, they trumpet the book a lot, two or three weeks or a month ahead of time, and really that you should just kind of be quiet about things. I mean, every now and then, uh, remember, my book comes out in three weeks. Yeah, but, yeah. But you yeah. wait until the day it comes out because then they can click on the link and that's a cell page. Otherwise, they click exactly. on the link and it goes to the cell page and it says, well, it's not available. <laughs> I agree. How disappointing. That's right. You want them to be able to buy it right then. That's why I don't – yes, I mean, I will be – I think – so we just went out with my book and so we're in the waiting to see to see who's going to buy it. But when we sell it uh, – I am not going to really talk about it until right beforehand, you know, because I don't well, want people you know, getting all. Yeah, I'll write about one it a little or bit. Two, just a little, little bit, you know, and a, a nice yeah. brag when you sell it. Um, sure. You know, something very relaxed, like, uh, so excited to announce that, you know, and meanwhile yeah, yeah, yeah. your head is exploding, you're so happy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, that's true. You want to, it's true. You want to. You doing it. well. So all right. So the book's out. The book's out. That's great. You and I. It was, uh, I, I mentioned my intro. I, I was over there. Thank you again for having me. We won't discuss my trip back. It's another story. No, but my trip over was great. No. We spent two <laughs> days together. It was great. It was just writing, writing, writing. It's interesting, Kay. You and I got together, and you and I had not spent extended periods of time together, but we had a lot of time. Right. Right. And we ended up talking about writing. A lot about writing. It just, we, it just we did. We, it's what happens, isn't it? We talked about other stuff. Well, it but is, man, it is for about. you because you, you know, you you're on the road a lot teaching about writing, and it is for That's me true. too because I I do a little less, but I I'm always interested in in how to approach it, how to frame it, how to live with it, and um, yeah. and how to uh, teach others, and what are the real critical points. Like right now, I'm teaching a, a seminar with six people in my home, and we meet right. every two weeks. And, uh, you know, I really had to sit down with each of my sessions and think, I can't just goose feed people everything I know about writing novels. I have to no. really plan out what is what rises to the top here. What are the conceptual yeah. things, you know? And so it's hard, and, and it's very interesting work to, to really try to, Pull together things you truly, honestly believe. Not just things yeah. you think you should believe, but the things that you've used over and over and that you actually do believe yeah. from the heart. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So I had to do that. It was teaching, just an exercise for me. I'll bet it was. Oh, I found, you know what's so interesting? I was teaching a class once, 
and um, it was memoir. And one of the rules I find of memoir is like try to put it in scene. Like don't just talk about like don't just talk about how what a pain your dad was. Like show me a scene with you and your dad. You know, actual dramatic mm-hmm. like it was a novel. So I was I said mm-hmm. you, so you want it in scene, people. You want it in scene. And this woman said, "What's a scene?" And I was like, "Uh." <laughs> I thought I've never, I I so know what a scene is in my just in, since I was four or something that I didn't know how to describe it. But in having to talk to her about it's something that happens in action with beginning, middle, and end, and you have a character in a place and they're doing something that I learned a bit about it that I kind of retaught myself yeah. by to teach someone what a scene is. Yeah, that I took that's, for that's granted. just what I'm. That's just what I mean. When you really have to pin it down, it it. It causes you just to dig a little deeper into yourself. Yeah. 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 And also, I find interesting is that, uh, but you did, did you study writing? I know you studied like voice or acting. Was that was some kind of performance, wasn't it? Oh, you know, I almost took a degree in theater and I, I used to do a lot of radio and voiceover work. Right, 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 uh, for right. TV. But, but, um, as far as studying writing, not very much. But then, after I wrote a novel and it got nowhere, I went to PN, Pacific Northwest Writers Conference oh. and, uh, and realized oh. that there was so much learning to be done at conferences. And then I started a, a, a learning process. And that, was, okay. that started about 20 years ago for me. Yeah. Right. But, so uh, you're self I mean, I also you, am self taught. I, I didn't really study it formally. Um, but. So the reason I mention it is, you know, you learn, nothing teaches you like, I mean, I don't think anything teaches like experience. That's really where learning happens. And I think of my students that what I'm trying to do is give them something they can go practice on their own, because that's when they're going to really, even it's the fearless writing stuff, which is, of course, not about the craft, but it's about Mm -hmm. working with the mental challenge of writing. I try to give them tools and I remind them, like, this is great what we're doing here, but it's you putting it into practice. That's when you're really going to learn it. You know, as teachers, we can't sit right. there and put the mm-hmm. pen in their hand. It's going to be them. It's like, how do you set them up for them to learn themselves? Because that's really where it's going to happen, I think. Well, that's right. And uh, writing is a constant act of judgment because you have mm. all these I think it's great to learn tools for the toolbox, and, and so many people don't bother. So I, I think the classes and workshops are great, and they help you know what the tools are, how they might right. be used. But then, but 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 the judgment is so exquisite that you, well, shall I do this? You know, shall I foreshadow? How do I do yeah. an opening? You know, do I want to make it wrap it around things? Do I want to hook? Do I just want to dive in? And those those decisions are just um, I like to think of it as, as both your exquisite privilege and your hideous obligation. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But well, this is it. You the know, page is blank. You justified yourself. And, That's uh, right. And that, I, that is helped along by doing it a lot. That's for yeah. sure. But, but you're still, like you say, facing that empty page every day. The more you use the tools, the more natural it becomes to consider as you're starting out, well, is my plot thick enough or do I need a subplot? You know, would subplot act 
add texture, or would it be a distraction? Right. You know, but at least you know that subplot is a tool. I mean, I'm teaching yeah, some right. folks right now, and not one of them has thought to use a subplot. And I'm thinking, well, good, let's let's <laughs> talk about that as a tool, and in, in what ways that it can be helpful, and what things to watch for. Just open up, just, you know, give them the Phillips head screwdriver and say, now you've got this in your toolbox. You, yeah. you know, you may want to use it or not. <laughs> You know, you know what it reminds me of. I I, I write music. Uh, un, I don't know what casually, I guess you would say. Uh, but I'm very interested in it, and I always think of that with like certain kinds of chords, like seventh chords and ninth chords, and and augmented chords. These things you learn about. Each one of them creates a very specific kind of sound, and you have to learn about those sounds so that you know, like, if I want this experience in my song, this, you know this augmented chord will do that for me, or this seventh chord will mm-hmm. do that for me. But you have to learn that the chords exist mm-hmm. and then know what experience they create in the song to know if they belong there. Uh, because each one creates well, something different. Well, that's, see, that's fantastic. I like what you said, what, what, what kind of experience it creates. Because, you know, yeah. that seems to me the essence of what we're doing in fiction is that we are creating a vicarious experience. And how does yeah. that get on the page? And how will you feel yeah. when you're reading it? You know, what will it, yeah. not just emotionally, but how is, you know, is it noir? Is it, is it, is it exciting? Is it, is it mellow? Is it, is it moving? Am I learning something? You know, what is it, what is that experience you're giving someone? And, and um, that, that's one of those ineffable uh, uh, skills of judgment that, that, uh, you know, it separates out the ones that are going to be published from the ones that aren't. Because although we, we don't want to be thinking about the audience when we're writing necessarily, yeah. but we are always conscious that we are trying to create an experience for them. Yeah. So are you getting it on the page or just using words? Because all we have, I wrote about this recently, because my brother said to me, he's a, he's a he does film and, TV and music too, but he was a, as a kid he was not academic, and he was going to be an actor, and but we were both artistic, you know, we would make each other laugh and we would play games together. But I was the one who was going to be the writer, and he turned to me at one point and said, "Bill, what's with the writing thing? All you get is words. Like oh, that's all you have. There's no sound. There's no color. There's no bodies." You know, you think of film and theater, there's like all this physical stuff, but with the, all there is, and that's our challenge, is we only get words. I don't get to be there reading it to people, you know, most of the time. It's just words on a blank page. How do you make that come to life? You have to be super interested in that challenge because all you get are words. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right, but, but in a way, you know, our, we're all about words. Don't you think? I mean, uh, we're all about human beings. You, you mean? I. Well, of course, we're we're yeah. I mean, I was going to say you and I are, but we're having a conversation and we're writers. So, but yeah, I just think yeah. it, you know, it's like saying all we've got is love. But you know, it's, <laughs> right. words are every words are everything. Yeah. I were, mean, in a way, it's the only way we communicate. The only it's, way we it's, communicate it's, along long things, anyway. We could yeah, communicate the, with a hug or Yeah. Anyway. Well and thought. It allows you to string thought I always think of writing as thinking on purpose. You know? You're not just thinking sloppily and accidentally. You're thinking on purpose. Because every sentence is like I, a thought. 
I agree. I think that's that, and that's great for nonfiction. But I think for then for fiction, I'd have to come up with a counterpoint. And I maybe I would say, well, what do I, dreaming <laughs> what on I purpose, maybe um, dreaming doesn't feel like thinking. Um, I guess it's, thinking is a little. It's like. Yeah, it's um, not quite thinking. Creating a place and relationships. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that would take some thought to figure yeah, out. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but now, when I was back there, uh, when I was back talking to you, one of the things that came up is that I thought this was fascinating, uh, <clears throat> is that you had, I mean, you've been doing this a while. You've published a lot of books. Uh and but you know the challenge of the writer it really begins every time she sits down to a new book you know um i remember alice hoffman saying when first time i interviewed her like every time i start a book i feel like i don't know how to do this you know even though she's written mm-hmm. however many she'd written right and so mm-hmm. you had recently gone through a phase i don't want to drudge up any painful memories but you had gone through a phase that seemed important to you as a <laughs> as a person where you were having trouble, where you didn't sell a book. You went a couple of years where things weren't coming together. I mean, I know, uh, um, who wrote Roba show, James Lee Burke went a decade without selling a book. He told me and is more than that 13 years. So it happens sometimes, but you went through one of those mm-hmm. and it was rough, mm-hmm. but it sounds like you came out the other side a little, a little wiser. Do you mind talking about that a little bit? Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't mind. Um, by the time I went through a little bit of a dry spell, uh, I was kind of shocked because uh, I had been selling steadily for sure. a number of years, and uh, so I was a little unprepared. But um, yeah. because I had been writing so many novels, uh, I decided that though I wasn't able to sell right now. Um, that I would uh, write anyway, and right. so I I wrote uh, two novels that I wasn't sure I could sell, but I I just thought you know if I if I give up on it then um, I'm sure it won't sell because I won't have anything. <laughs> right. So that's right. the only way right. you can guarantee that you won't that you won't sell or you won't. <laughs> Is you won't, and you won't finish, you is, is to not write it. And so yeah. uh, I was so habituated to writing that I uh, I did keep keep on. But one of the things that happened in the midst of that was I was such a bulldog about writing that that wasn't a problem for me. But what was a problem right. was my attitude because yeah. I realized that I was really worried and kind of unhappy. You know, I had to... I had to admit that my I, I led a golden life. You know, I've got a, uh, a beautiful yard and a wonderful husband and, a, you know, a right. cat that drinks wine with me. You know, and what, what could be wrong? <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, this is how important writing is to you when you've built your whole career and persona around it. Yeah. And I, I my nose was on the cement for a while there. And it made me, it was, uh, in the end, it was a good experience because I, I drew back. And we gained a perspective, but boy, was it different than yeah. what I had. It was it, it, before. It was just all about success as a writer, and it's yeah. not about that anymore. I mean, you just yeah. can't let it become the be-all and end-all to you because it's so fraught with uncertainty and 
And, uh, you know, you don't want to drag through life thinking it's a struggle. When you're doing the thing no, you love, I'm doing it because I love it, but I'm so unhappy and I'm struggling right, and I'm so worried. Right. Jeez, that'll right. kill you in the end, right? It will. <laughs> yeah, you have to, but, it's, you know, I, this the success, it's like you can't, you can't, if, if, you, if you rely on that, because you know it can change. I mean, it doesn't have to, and for some people it doesn't, but you know that, that how other people react to your work can change, particularly if you're trying to find, you know, because sometimes your own work goes through, through a shift, you know, and you begin, and sometimes you have to find the story. Maybe you're needing a new story you have to tell, and maybe the old ones aren't working or whatever it is. You, you can't, if we rely on how people react to our work to feel good about ourselves, we're screwed because you know that that just can change. And you have to look yes, elsewhere but for think it. About, but think about this. I mean, when you're a novelist, you, you are tied to the star of the publishing world. Oh, you know, no doubt. You, you might spend 12 or 18 months writing a novel, and then they say, well, no, not this one. Did they, wait, wait a yeah. minute. <laughs> Uh, if you just use four words, no, not this one, because that means that, you know, thousands of hours, you don't realize, yeah, I, oh, my God. I just God. get pull these things out know, of my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you, know, you know better than to count on success, but yet you're, you're stuck with it because because it's like telling someone to go, you know, let's say an 17-year-old, you know, here's a violin, you you wanted to play the violin. Now go go spend ten thousand hours practicing, and then uh, and and then when they do, they come out great. Now go in the bathroom and play. <laughs> no one must ever hear you. No, I know. You know, it's like no. It's like if my novel, I I can't just copy it off and distribute it to friends. You know, no. I, there's not enough paper in the world to do that. And, and besides, no. it's, you know, it's a handful. What you want to do is communicate your stories with people. So yeah. it's a special problem for novelists and anyone writing in the long form, you know, writing nonfiction as well. But especially yeah. for novelists, because there's so many people who want to be novelists. Sure, um, so there are. So there, da- there are special dangers in that field. It, it really behoves us to be to have some uh, inner chops, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. You, you know, can't. You just, there's just there. There isn't the, the the time clock to rest on. You know, and part of the reason we want to be writers is we don't want a time clock. I think we don't want the we don't want the place of employment in a way. We don't. We want to say to ourselves, "What am I interested in? What do I want to create?" That's why we do it, and with that comes this other challenge of a lack of a kind of lack of certainty that other careers, like your husband's a lawyer, he's not going to go through that problem in that way. He might have it elsewhere, but not mm-hmm. that way. So you got it. We we make a deal with ourselves, although we may not see it that way when we start. But that's the deal we make. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I wrote fearless writing because so I know it's rough. It can be rough for people. It it's rough. But it's you know it's kind of the garden path because because we love it so much and it's so much fun when it goes well. My God, I know it is. you know, a well, don't you feel good when you're doing it? Oh yeah, it's almost almost like a drug uh, it, because you get in the zone as people talk about yeah. it, and and that's true. And and I think because it's so attractive uh, that hearts get broken and and lives get a little. Get, go into a deep slump. You just gotta, 
got to have more going on there than writing. Uh, yeah. I was, I was talking with a writer the other day, and she said something that people often say to me, and I just don't believe it. She said, I can't not write. And oh, I thought, interesting. You know, you could. You can not write. This is not life or death. This is not art. This is a craft. And you could choose oh, to throw pots and glaze them, and it is good and fine and valuable work. And uh, the same with writing. It's good and fine and valuable, but it is not high art. It is not the spiritual. Oh, you don't think of it as high art. Interesting. You, you put it in a different category. Well, I think I, 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 do, I do it um, with caution. I'm saying um, you, can't, you can't be so overawed by writing that it's more important oh. than you being a human being. Absolutely. And, and uh, of course, you're not going to become a beast. You're not going to become stupid and selfish. But, but right. you can, you can still kind of go sideways on this stuff. You know, it's, uh, I call it the yo-yo. You know, you 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 become a yo-yo to success or failure. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, you, it's I'm true. High, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's true. That they don't like my work well enough to buy it, but they'll sure look for it in the library. Oh, now I'm depressed. You know, like, right. No, <laughs> you, you can't. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. If you're going to feel good every time someone likes your work, then you have to feel bad when they don't. That's oh, why a little separation is so useful, and that's why yeah. I say you can not write. If it starts to kill you, you can pull back, it. and you don't have to write. And besides, who among us is really nurturing their their connections to others, their connections to nature, their connections going, don't worry about to that. their inner their inner self, you know, so that so that they are more than writing. That's and, right. You know, you beginning know, writers part of the reason, don't realize that that's a danger, but <laughs> it is. It's part of the reason I, I like to write music is that it gives me another creative outlet that that oh, for yeah, the moment is not I professional. Bet. You know, it might be at some point, yeah. but it's not now. So it's quite nice. Now normally uh, I ask uh, my last question, uh, which is, if writing has taught you anything, has taught you what? When I asked you this question, you gave me a great answer, which was that <laughs> writing has taught you, which is really an extension of what we've just been talking about, that it can't kill you, can't save you, but it can't kill you, I believe was your, your right. I loved that answer. That was your answer then. Is there anything you'd like to add to that? Is there anything you want to tack on to that about what writing has taught you? Maybe it's taught you it in the last year. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, if I'm if I'm not just a writer, then I should be spending time doing something else. And it's yeah. so hard for me to do that. You've got music, but what yeah, do, I do I have? You know. And and now that I've got two books out and a third on the way, and now I'm thinking about oh my. God, what am I going to write from the next book? <laughs> am I, you know, I I have to struggle. I do. I meditate. I walk. Well, okay. I be in the present moment. Moment, and it's it's it, that for me is a discipline to move away from writing and become a whole person. Yeah, I know that sounds kind of foolish. No, and yet no, when, no, when no. your whole life has been about that, you know, you, no. you need to work at it. At least I do. Yeah. Practicing being in the present moment is is a is 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 a lifelong discipline, in my experience. You know, it it is, and it's a, I'm so glad you said that because it's it's a it's a wonderful discipline for writers 
because sometimes yeah. when they go on a walk, it's a plot walk, you know? Yeah. And yeah. even when they're taking <laughs> a walk, if they That's call right. it a plot walk. And it's like, That's can right. you just notice the world as it passes you on your walk? Yeah. And then you realize, oh, my God, I can't. I keep thinking. Yeah. I keep thinking, yeah. and I'm not here. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, oh, it's just, All right. Bill, think of your poor, not your, but think of the poor writer's brain. If you're that <laughs> focused and you don't give your brain anything else but falling onto the couch exhausted at 7 o'clock and then watching right. a little TV, get up in the yeah. morning and off again, what are, we, what are we giving our brain to nurture them? <laughs> yeah, let, it, let the brain rest. Give it a little, bl- let, yeah. it, let it have a blank page now and again. To look at. Oh wow, that's a great, a great line. <laughs> right, let it go. Well, all right, all right. So that's a good answer. I like that. And and the serpent and the heather, which was published today. Now, if people were just to buy that, would it make sense, or do they have to read at the table of wolves first? Oh, uh, if it does stand alone, but the at the table of wolves should come first, I think. Yeah. Right, because but you, it, if it they wanted just to the buy the serpent and the heather, they could. But it, but yep. at the table of wolves, it's. Book two, all right. Absolutely. Well, all right, right. Uh, are you going to be? Uh, if, if they go to, is it, let me see. The it's it, it's uh, it's kkenyon dot com. Kkenyon dot com. They can go there and they can see where you're going to be if you're going to be somewhere. Is that right? Right. Appearances and interviews and things like that. They're all on my my uh, bio page. Right. Right. And I just Excellent. want to mention, well, I'll be at the U Bookstore on Friday, May fourth, oh, at seven oh, o'clock, signing books. So I'll be over there. Oh, over in my neck yeah. of the woods. Oh, yeah. Good. Well, I hope I hope the pass is nice to you. <laughs> well, in May kind. it better be, or I'm quitting. It better be in May. <laughs> Kay, it was great talking to you. Congratulations on uh, book two of the Dark Talents. Uh, I'm sure book what uh, another year we're going to see book three. Big pardon? Uh, another year for or how long before book three? A year, oh. eighteen. Let's I mean, oh, yeah, not even yeah. talk about it. Let's enjoy this one now. About a year. For, all right. A year. All mean, right. It's already in production, so. <laughs> well, congratulations and good luck with the next one. Thank you, Bill. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Take it easy. Thanks. Well, everybody, it's true. Can't kill you. Can't save you. Get interested in something besides writing. It can be helpful. Uh, let's see. Next week, I'm going to be here again talking to Corrine Zupko. I can't remember what she wrote. How sad is that? I just can't. But she was, I remember I was very interested in her. So we'll see what that's all about. Uh, until then, go find someone you love and something you love and just do it. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.